Entrepreneur on Fire, 863. Go back and revisit that piece of advice. It's the key for the problem that you're facing right now. If you're prepared to ignite, then EO Fire and the WebinarCourse.com is your fuel. 10 days to amazing webinars. Ignite. Focus on what you do best and let Call Ruby handle your calls. Visit callruby.com slash fire and use promo code FIRE. In addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off plans plus free activation. Try GoToMeeting for free today to see what it can do for you. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free for 30 Days button. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Entrepreneurs, near and far, John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Dave Logan. Dave, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared to ignite. <laughs> yes. Dave is a best-selling author, management consultant, and faculty member at USC Marshall School of Business. He is the author or co-author of four books, including the New York Times number one bestseller, Tribal Leadership. He co-founded Culture Sync in 97, a management consulting firm whose clients include dozens of Fortune 500 companies, major nonprofits, and governments around the world. Dave, I've given Fire Nation just... A little insight. So share more about you personally and then expand upon the biz. Uh, Thanks, John. Well, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to do exactly what I want to do. I get to do it when I want to do it and where I want to do it. So I think that makes me really fortunate. I was born um, a teacher at heart. I'll give you the no BS answer and that's it. I was born a teacher. I'm the son of a professor and I'm a professor myself, but I consider my role as a teacher to, to be, you know, it's, it's everything that I do. And I get to go around the world and do that again on my terms and I get paid really well for it. So like I said, luckiest guy in the world. I love it. And you know, something I'd like to dive into even maybe before we start talking about your journey specifically, there's a lot that kind of does go around, you know, about NBA programs and business schools, you know, kind of maybe being behind the times, you know, lumbering giants, kind of slow to adapt to this really fast paced world. You know, to be honest with you, like I've spoken to a lot of people that have come out of those programs, like ahead of a lot of other people in certain areas and behind of other people in other areas. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what are your thoughts overall on schools of business and MBAs? Yeah. So the thing about an MBA is in some ways, depending on where you get it, you will be ahead. And depending on where you get it, you will be behind. I mean, that's always true. An MBA is state of the art, uh, state of the art across the field, state of the art IT, state of the art marketing, state of the art management, state of the art leadership, statistics, and the rest of it. So you're going to get the best understanding of all of those fields when you get it. And John, what I think you're talking about is that a lot of entrepreneurs need to operate not at the state of the art, but at the absolute bleeding edge. And if you decide you want the bleeding edge, an MBA is not the degree. You know, I run info sessions for people who want to get their MBAs, and I tell them that. If you want to know what Peter Thiel is thinking right now, then you should (laughs) make him as a friend and go talk to him. Or just read his book, Zero to One. Uh, You know, that's what he was thinking when he did the Sanford class, and and he codified it. So even that's old. I'll tell you, in my classes, I take great pride on teaching not what people are normally learning today, but what I believe they will be learning in five to ten years. So I think in my field, I'm I am at the cutting edge, but I'm also an anomaly. Because I spend my time out in corporations, not hanging out in a university doing research by looking at some statistical tables. Well, Dave, you are an anomaly. I mean, that's why you're here today on Entrepreneur on Fire. And 
I want to talk about how you really came to where you are right now. You know, we really focus on this show about the journey of our guests, you know, about the struggles, the obstacles, the challenges, about the light bulb moments that went on, you know, and then about what they're really excited about right now. But I like to start, you know, back at that first part, specifically what you would consider your worst business or entrepreneurial or just moment in general. What would that be? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many. Um, Like a lot of people, so I'm in my 40s now. So when I got started, this whole technology thing was not what it is now. And I looked around for what is the fastest business that I could sell. And it was one of those multi-level marketing things because I could get started right away by signing a form and handing somebody a check. And like 98 or 99% of people never made any money. I may have made a little bit of money, but the whole thing was probably a wash. And what I learned from it, of course, is don't just don't just be an entrepreneur, be a ragingly smart entrepreneur. And what I always tell people, you know, I've, I've, I don't know, coached and trained probably thousands of entrepreneurs at this point, including some really successful ones. I think every entrepreneurial journey is a slow build and then a raging inferno that moves really fast. And the stories about the raging inferno are what we always like to tell. It's when somebody's business took off. It's when something went viral. It's when they went from no money to a million dollars every month. You know, we, we'd love to talk about that part, but it's the slow build that I think is really important. You know, you look at the companies that are just crushing it today, and in many cases, you've got four or five different career paths that the entrepreneurs took before they hit the big one. So for me, that meant, you know, again, I'm born as a teacher. I've got to know what I'm saying. I've got to be able to look somebody, including a billionaire in the eye, and in about 10 seconds, tell them something that they may not want to hear. And I have got to know that thing, whatever it is, to the absolute center of my being so that there's no doubt. And that took me probably 15 years to learn how to do. And I started different businesses in that time. A couple of them did okay. One of them did very well. But more than anything, I was learning myself and I was learning the world. And there are no shortcuts for that. So I do love those interviews when that entrepreneur gets kind of tapped on the shoulder and they're said, I mean, how does it feel? How does it feel to have become an overnight success? And, you know, I love when they lean back specifically and they just kind of look up and they go, you know what? You know, it took me 10 years to become this overnight success. You know, when they're real about it, you know, when they really go through and they really just admit to the fact that this is a journey, you know, that we are on. And and, and that's exactly what it is. So I, I kind of like for you to talk about that a little bit, Dave, you know, for our listeners, you know, who are entrepreneurs, who are sidepreneurs, small business owners, you know, they're considering going back to school. They're considering taking that first small business entrepreneurial leap. I mean, what do you want them to know as they start this journey? Well, the main thing is don't be faddish about stuff. So there are a lot of fad movements right now, and I'm, I want to be really blunt about this, that I think are incredibly bad ideas. Can you say a couple of them? Yeah. I mean, one of they're actually, these are going to be contradictory, but one of them is go to school and stay in school forever until you're done and then start <laughs> your career. And I think that's a really, really stupid idea. There's a reason that at, uh, at USC, I teach in the executive MBA as opposed to the full-time MBA and you know, I'm not going to bad, mar- bad mouth a full-time MBA, but that's where you quit your job and then you study intensely for two years, then you re-enter the, the market. Just for my own career, I've been working full-time ever since I was a sophomore in college, and I have two masters and a PhD, and I credit working as equal, not better than, not worse than, but equal to my time in school. So I think that's a faddish idea, and it's stupid. It's a fad from a long time ago that we never really got rid of, but it's just a fad. 
But the other fad is, I think, right now a bigger problem. And that's the one that says you're learning stuff that doesn't matter. You should quit and you should start a business and learn by experience. And the reason that that's fundamentally stupid is that where everything is going right now is valuing deep knowledge, things that we actually know. You know, look at stuff that people were reading and digesting and living 10 years ago that was based on anecdote and innuendo. And then someone comes along with a study, I mean, a really good study and says, yeah, not so much. And these charlatans just get blown out of the water. I mean, I can tell in meeting somebody in probably five minutes whether they've got really huge gaps in their knowledge of the world. And when you've got a big gap, it's not just that you're going to fail at some you know, stupid board game that measures, if you know, state capitals. You fail to understand how people work. There's a reason that we should go back and no tragedy. There's a reason we should go back and no comedy. There's a reason that we should go back and understand how people live in parts of the world that we will never go to. Because in your life, you will experience people, you know, day to day walking around the streets of San Diego that are like all of those people. And I have, you know, I, I like you, interview people who change the world. And I think in maybe a couple small ways, I've changed the world myself. I have never, ever met anyone who said, I spent time developing myself, learning, growing through education, and that was a waste of time. I've never heard it. So Dave, let's talk about the happy medium then. I mean, you mentioned, you know, there's kind of both ends of the spectrum here. You said that you've kind of towed the line in the middle and you really attribute that to a lot of success that you've had. What does that look like for our listeners? Like what is a path that they can kind of start to go down where they're not really following either one of those two fads? Yeah, well, so I want to give you the straight scoop here. So probably somebody should tap me on the shoulder and say to, to make it a little bit more palatable, but I want to tell you the, the you know, kind of the real story. Cool. As an entrepreneur, I work incredibly hard at different tasks that normally one person cannot do. So one of the tasks that I'm involved in right now is one of the biggest studies that I've ever done. It's actually bigger than what I did to get a PhD on what is the relationship between the dark side, everything we don't like about ourselves and leadership. That is a huge study. It's been going on for years and it's nowhere near being done. And it irritates me every day. So the first thing that leaders, sorry, that entrepreneurs, and I would say leaders are entrepreneurs, have to be able to do is to commit yourself to a a really long project of some kind that is going to, then you're going to follow it wherever it goes. If it's intellectual, you're going to become intellectual. If it's spiritual, you're going to become spiritual. Wherever it goes, follow that. And if it takes you into school, then suck it up and go to school. The other task is to get out and do things in business where you see the results in a matter of hours. If not hours, then certainly days or weeks. And that's where you're just going to go out and meet the market face-to-face. The truth about the market is it's an absolute bully. It will beat you up and leave you a crippled hulk, hulk of humanity on the ground. And it will teach you lessons that you cannot learn any other way. And what I find is people who commit themselves to the long path, they can't do what I just described. And people who can do uh, you know, what I just described, they can't do like the long learning. It's very hard to do both. And most of the people that I know, and John, it's you know, a lot of people you know, yeah. will at some point open up to me and say, look, here's the truth. I am a weirdo. And for the last 15 years, I've been doing this deep dive on this, on this subject. And that is actually what's giving me these really powerful insights it makes me think things nobody thinks. It makes me do things that nobody you know, ever does. That's what makes me an exception. That's what makes me good. 
So Dave, I love that you're not pulling any punches here. I mean, that's what this show is all about. It's about telling it to the listeners straight, letting them know that, hey, this path that we're on, it's a journey. You know, it's going to be filled with highs and lows, an emotional roller coaster. But let's shift to another story in your journey, specifically an aha moment or an epiphany or a light bulb that's turned on at some point. And Dave, you've had a lot of these. I mean, you are in the middle of this entrepreneurial, this business world every single day. But what's one that you can specifically break down for us that we can really pull a lot out of? I've been fortunate. I've had many really good mentors, but probably the most important one is a man named Warren Bennis. He died July of last year. He was 89 years old, to give you a sense of his life. He advised five of the six last United States presidents. Wow. And most CEOs knew him. And one day I was talking to Warren and I was really excited. I had this idea for something. And it was a convoluted, frustrating, like labyrinth of an idea. And I was sharing it with him over, I think we were, we were at a, um, uh, we were at this great hotel uh, having breakfast in, in Santa Monica. And, you know, he got excited and his, li- and his eyes lit up. He's a smart guy. He could totally map it. And, and at some point, the waitress came over to the table and he turned to the waitress. He introduced me to the waitress. He knew all about the waitress. He'd gotten to the, the uh, place before I did. And he got her life story. And he said, let's see if she can understand what you're saying. So why don't you tell her the idea? And, of course, my heart immediately sank because here's a waitress. What, I'm, I think I'm talking to you know, somebody who's written 30-some books on leadership and is probably the world expert in leadership. So I turned to her and I, I, just, I watched her pupils like do the opposite of dilate. They just contract, which is nonverbal communication. <laughs> it's a clear sign. She didn't like what she, was, what she was hearing. She didn't understand it. She was probably faced with maybe her own sense of inadequacy because she couldn't understand it. And Warren had perfectly set this up so that I fell in love with my idea even more and then tried to teach it to a quote unquote real person right. and saw the immediate reaction. So then after she left, which was maybe a minute later, he turned to me and he got this little wicked smile on, a, on his face and he said, well, maybe not such a great idea after all. <laughs> that is wicked. Isn't that great? Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's huge on a lot of levels, but I mean, let's kind of break this down, you know, for our listeners, because, you know, there are two sides to this. I mean, there are those ideas that it is absolutely critical for your waitresses of the world and, you know, the gen pop, so to speak, general population to be able to get and hang on to and get excited about. But then there's those ideas that really don't necessarily need that excitement and understanding, you know, like, um, Henry Ford is famous for saying, you know, if I had given the population what they wanted, I would have built a faster horse. So, I mean, how do you kind of break that down for for our listeners right now? Yeah. I mean, the challenge is, again, it, I think you have to dual track it. If you want to be in business, you have to find a way to be incrementally better than everybody else. And that means you know exactly what they do and you design N plus one, something that's got all the features of everybody else, but it adds something or it sits alongside what they do and it adds something. You've got to be able to do incremental stuff. But that's never going to make you Steve Jobs. It's never going to make you Elon Musk. And if you look at, again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. If you look at Jobs and Musk and other people who, you know, who do things that really, really change the world, uh, I can give it to you in three words, and you're going to love this because it sounds like pornography. Okay, <laughs> Here are the three words. Hot, fast, and deep. So what do those mean? So hot, that means your commitment. That's your passion. That's your commitment to an idea, to a way of life, or to a vision. And when you meet an entrepreneur, you know in an instant if they're hot. And I'm not talking physically attractive. I mean, they, they just exude an energy and enthusiasm. And, you know, John, it's your thing at the beginning about yeah. ignite. Right. And so that's hot. Fast is the ability 
to move way faster than everybody else. And usually what motivates people to move fast is not their aspiration. It's their sense of being royally pissed off about something. So something in the world is broken. I can't believe I'm the guy who has to go fix it. But as screwed up as that is, that's the way it is. And then deep is probably the outlier of the three. So I had the opportunity to interview actually several times the one person who gave Steve Jobs a job other than a company that Steve Jobs owned or helped to start. And that was Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari. And one of the things he said about Jobs was that he and Jobs would spend hours talking philosophy, really, really esoteric stuff. When you look at Jobs' understanding of marketing, it was a philosopher's understanding of marketing. And while it came out on stage as sound bites and this kind of rapid fire delivery, and clearly you see the hot and fast, it's the evidence of the deep. And that's what I want to say, that you as an entrepreneur have got to have, I think of them as kind of three pedals on the floor of your car, you know, hot, you've got to have the ability to be more committed to your vision than anyone. And fast is you've got to have the ability to suddenly go zero to 60 in about half a second, you know, scaring and startling everyone around you. And at times, you have to have the ability to really slow things down and go so deep on your subject that you bring something out that undercuts all of the experts sitting around the table because you have outthought them. That's what makes a good entrepreneur, hot, fast, deep. So I love a lot of that. Um, you know, one thing I love is how you started by saying, John, you're going to love this. Remind you of pornography. So, you know, great assumption, Dave, about me. I appreciate that in front of my audience. But hot, fast, and deep fire nation. I hope you get that analogy. It is a powerful one. And it's something that I really, you know, want you to think about when you're coming up with your journey and your ideas. And Dave, we're moving into the one minute mindset. These are five insights into your mind, my friends. Okay, I'm, I'm sitting down, man. Let's go. <laughs> Ideally, what do the first 60 minutes of your day look like? Oh, you know, that's really good. I, I'll tell you, I have a rule of actually not the first 60, but the first 20. So I'm going to modify your okay, question. That's cool. That's cool. I think whatever you do in the first 20 minutes of the day is what you're going to be doing for the rest of the day. It, it locks in your mindset. And so for me, I make that decision before I go to bed. So if I need to write in the morning, I roll out of bed. And when my, now actually I do drink a, pr- a protein shake as soon as I, as soon as my, my feet hit the ground for health reasons. But other than that, I sit down, I write, I don't get an email. I don't even turn on my internet. I sit down and I write for the first 20 minutes. That's a writing day. And if it's a catch up on, you know, on crap day, I go to my office and I start cleaning up. So I pre-program the 20 minutes. That is the theme of the day. That doesn't mean that's everything I'm going to do. But that is the theme of that day. And what I found over all these years is, is if I violate that rule, my day becomes a cluster screw. And I just cleaned up a word for you. What is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? My biggest weakness is that I hire, fire, no, sorry, not fire. I hire and fire for potential as opposed to actual performance. That makes me a great teacher, and it makes me a lousy business person. And Jack Welch, so here's the counter to the weakness. Jack Welch once said, famous head of GE, that if in your entire life you have ever wanted to fire a certain person, you should fire them right now. And if you stop and think about that, so if every person listening to that, think of a person, think about what would have happened if you would have done that. I actually think Welch was right. So what is your biggest strength? My biggest strength is that I have picked an area of the world that I know better than just about anyone I've ever met. 
And I've done the work, you know, I've done the time, I've, I've got the credentials for it, but it's not the credentials or the, or the time that, that win it. I think it's the conviction. I think it's the depth of understanding of it. It's also the passionate connection to it. It's not just an you know, intellectual idea. And as long as I stick to that area, uh, I'm bulletproof. What's a habit, Dave, that you wish you had? So a strength and a weakness are the same thing. It's just a matter of degree. So if you think about that, if you, if you overplay your strengths, they become weakness. If you underplay them, they become a different kind of weakness. So something that I'm very, very good at doing is going deep. And that's why it's uh, a habit that I wish I had was to really kind of turn that off at some point. Um, I really wish here, I'll give it to you in a funny way. I wish I were a drug addict because (laughs) if I were, I could completely run my mood by selecting a pharmaceutical for the mood that I want to be in. Which color pill is it going to be, Dave? That's the question. (laughs) But I'm not a drug addict, so I cannot do that. So of all the things you have going on, Dave, that just have you fired up, what's the one thing that has you most fired up above them all? Well, ironically, it's how not fired up corporate America is. And I don't think it's just corporate America. I think we've caught a bit of a disease. It's actually affecting the rest of the world. Europe has it way, way worse than we do. It's you go into boardrooms, you go into management rooms, and I'm talking big, 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 big companies. And it's like everybody is some combination of tired, sleepy, uh, impotent, um, lacking confidence. There's actually a Jungian term that he was a famous psychologist, the pale of soul. And so what I get really fired up about is we have to end that. We don't need to make it better. We don't need to give people little exercises to get a little better at it. We have to light a huge bonfire of intolerance of mediocrity under corporate America. Unless that happens, I'm really worried about our country and I'm really worried about our world because as we go, the world seems to follow. Well, that's something worth getting fired up about for sure. And Dave, I am not, my friends, going to let you go quite yet, but we are about to enter the lightning round. And before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Let's face it, Fire Nation, all we have is time. When you think about the money and resources it takes to hold a meeting and the time involved in scheduling, prepping, and traveling, it gets out of hand really quick. I've got a solution. Meet your clients and coworkers online with Citrix GoToMeeting because it's a smarter way to meet. GoToMeeting makes it easy to meet with anyone whenever you need to, wherever you are, because you can meet on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's simple and quick because people can join with one simple click. No signups, no speed bumps. GoToMeeting makes it feel like you're in the same room because you've got HD video quality. You can share screens, review, and get feedback all in real time in HD. I want you to sign up for GoToMeeting today. Try it free for 30 days. Nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button. Do it now and have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Does the thought of missing one of your client or customer calls make you a little nervous? Being able to connect with your customers is integral to your success as a small business. If you can't show them you care, someone else will. But we all know being a small business owner is tough. You can't be everywhere and everything for everyone. That's where Ruby comes into play. Ruby is a team of virtual receptionists trained to make a difference in your day and set your business apart by providing excellent service to your clients and customers, allowing you to focus on what you do best. 
Podcast. Exclusive offer, Fire Nation. Use promo code FIRE, and in addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off all pricing plans plus free activation, a $95 value. Visit callruby.com slash fire and enter promo code FIRE, or better yet, give them a call and experience their service yourself. Call 855-775-RUBY. That's 855-775-RUBY. Dave, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Good plan. Let's go. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear of failure. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, It's an old one for entrepreneurs, but fail fast, fail often, fail faster than everyone else. So what's one of your personal habits that you do have that you believe contributes directly to your success? I'll give you two. Exercise. I'm passionate. I hit the gym every day, no matter where I am in the world. And if there's not a gym, I'll run. And the other one is meditation. I've done meditation for 10 years. It will make you smarter. It will make you uh, make better decisions and it will prevent you from losing your crap. How many minutes do you think is good for you at this point in your meditation career? Oh, like 20. 20 minutes? Yeah, it's not a lot. Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Yeah. So I knew you were going to ask that. And again, I want to honor my pledge of no BS. So one (laughs) of the things that I value about being connected to a university is the things that I have access to, they're really cumbersome to use, but they will change your life. And there's a whole bunch of them. They kind of cluster together. So I can't give you a single name, but I can learn about anything in the world uh, without you know, any, without incurring any expense, but that's not the issue. There are resources that most people don't even know are out there. So I had a medical thing pop up in my, um, among a family member a few months ago. And by the time I went in to see one of the world's experts, I'm pretty sure I had read more about that subject than that expert. Wow. Unfortunately, you have got to be hooked up with a university to have access to it. Being a student will get you some resources to be really honest. Every time I think about quitting USC, One of the big reasons it keeps me is I would lose access to that. But here's the workaround if you are not connected. You know someone who is. Make them your friend. And here's the deal you're going to make to get access to the sum of world knowledge. You're going to say to the person, you have resources you probably don't even know you have because of your job. Let me show you how to use those by you know working with you on something. And all I ask in return is that when I want to know something, I will you know, you'll help me do it because you're connected and I'm not. I don't know anybody who would say no to that. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, Dave, what would it be and why? It is not for the reason you think. You have to read it to know if you will love it or hate it. And that is the answer to your view of the world. And the book is Atlas Shrugged. Care to expound? Yeah. uh, If you read it, and it makes you angry about the philosophy, then you are some brand of a communalist, which is a term that I think Bill Clinton may have, may have coined. And if you read it and say, why haven't I ever heard this before? Why don't other people see it? Then you are uh, someone who believes in the objectivist view, which is what Ayn Rand uh, wrote about. So it's a, it's, you don't read it for understanding, and the dialogue is terrible. Just get beyond it. <laughs> read it for your pissed-offness. And if you're pissed off, you know what you are. Those are your people. They're like Bill Clinton. Go find them and give them a big hug and go hug, and go hug, hug some trees. And if you read it and you say, this is it, then you're maybe a libertarian or an objectivist. And those are your people and probably don't give them a hug because they don't like to be hugged, but go listen to them because their ideas will 
interest and fascinate and delight you. <laughs> so communalist and objectiveness? Objectivist. Objectivist. Yeah. Got yeah, that's, it. That, that's you know a lot. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs are, are going to know this. It, uh, Ayn Rand is one of those names that you hear. So I just interviewed one of the most important retailers in the world, and I can't give you his name because I don't have, have permission. But I actually asked him the same question, and he said I would. He said actually the way I interview people for top jobs is I ask them what they think of Ayn Rand, and if they don't like her or don't love her, I don't hire them. Wow, Damon and, John is a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I've teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like Atlas Shrugged for free at eofirebook.com. And Dave, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would figure out who the powerful people are, probably by reading newspapers or something like it, Um, and I would get to know them. But this is all like in the first half hour. I mean, I would get to know everything I could about them. I would learn who is someone in their orbit who is probably influential, but a little off the beaten track. And those are the people I would target and go meet. It's all about relationships, Fire Nation. So many incredible businesses and entrepreneurship stories have been built off the backs of relationships. And Dave... I'd like to end on fire today with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. DaveLogan.com. And a parting piece of guidance. Uh, A parting piece of guidance is there was a deal that you made with yourself a long time ago. And if you think about it, you're going to think of that right now. And then you're immediately going to say, oh, that's not it. No, that actually is it. Go back and revisit that piece of advice. It's the key for the problem that you're facing right now. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Dave and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Dave, D-A-V-E in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with all the links, resources, whatever we've mentioned today. And DaveLogan.com is where you can find out more about this incredible entrepreneur. And Dave, thank you, my friends, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create an amazing webinar you love? Well, you can in just 10 days with our free course at thewebinarcourse.com. Ignite. Ignite.